Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Well, the Holy Spirit's just been ministering to me and just stirring inside of me how the church, this is the time for the church to stand up. This is the moment for us to be who we are supposed to be. This is not a time for us to step back and hide somewhere. This is our moment to let our light shine and to be who God has called us to be. You know, Pastor Mark, I was excited about what he um, just what he ministered on. And really, we're just going to continue in that direction because that's what was on my heart even before then. But, um, you know, he was talking about three keys to change in the world. One, come out of the world. Two, being, having boldness by the Holy Spirit. And three, a heart of reconciliation. And I just want to continue in the area of, of being who we are supposed to be. You know, there's only two kingdoms in this earth. There's only two kingdoms anywhere. And it's the kingdom of, of God, which is the kingdom of light, and the kingdom of darkness. And you're either in one or the other. And for you, I'm not going to take that for granted. I'm not just going to sickly, you're already in the kingdom of God. But I'm not going to take that for granted. I'm not just going to assume that. Because if you're not, if you've never accepted Jesus as the one who, who died for you, and pay the penalty for our sins, then, then you're not in the kingdom of light. You're not in the kingdom of God. But you can do that at any time. All you need to do is call on his name, believe that he is who he says he is, that he did die for us, and you can be born again. And you could be in the kingdom of God instead of in the kingdom of darkness. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be any part of the kingdom of darkness. I don't want to have any part of it. The kingdom... I mean, you can see from everything around us just how dark the kingdom of darkness is. In the kingdom of God, we have light. In the kingdom of darkness, we have darkness. It's dark. In the kingdom... Which one do you want to be in? Which one? And it would be so easy right now for the church or anybody to step over into the area of fear. But that's not where we need to be living. We don't need to be walking and abiding in fear. We need to be walking in the love of God. And the love of God causes you to have a trust in God that allows you not to have to walk in fear. The church at this time and at this place does not need to be walking in fear. Not of man, not of, not of Satan, not of anything. We do not need to be walking in fear. But if you get your eyes off God, if you get your eyes off the kingdom, if you're not abiding in the kingdom, then you will walk in fear. And you will begin to walk in darkness. Even though you might not be a part of the kingdom, begin to walk in that if you're not abiding in the kingdom of light. So just, I just want to ask you, what kingdom are you abiding in? You know, and I ask myself these questions. What kingdom am I abiding in? What table am I eating from? There's two tables set. Which one are you eating from? Am I, I want to know what is your daily goal? When you get up in the morning, what are the first three things that come to your mind? That might kind of tell you where you're at. If you dread your day 
or you begin to, to, to have fear, then that's going to let you know where you're abiding. That's going to let you know what table you're eating from. So ask yourself before you go to bed tonight, you know, you should never go to sleep with fear on your heart. If you have fear, you know, I've watched a movie before that just gave me fear and couldn't go to sleep. Well, whose fault is that? That's mine. My stupidity. So if you have something on your heart or on your mind, don't go to sleep with fear. Get it straight. Get, get with God and, and get that taken care of before you go to sleep. But when you go to bed at night, you know, just set yourself up for the next morning. What are my thoughts going to be in the morning? What are the first three things that are going to come to my mind? And you have to train yourself. You know, begin to speak it out when you get up. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is something you have to do on purpose. You have to set your mind to do it. If you want to walk in the kingdom of light, you've got to make yourself do it. You've got to set yourself to do it. God's going to give us all the equipment. He has given us all the equipment that we need. But we have to make the choice. We make the decision. We decide daily which table we're going to eat from. So today, right now, not yesterday, not tomorrow, today, ask yourself, what table am I eating from? Is it the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness? Am I listening to too much news? And I'm, I mean, I'm just, you know, we've heard all this, but I'm just going to hit it where, where we're at right now. What am I listening to? What am I filling myself with? Because that's where you're going to walk. And that's what you're going to walk out in your daily life. That's where you're going to, that's where you're going to, um, uh, what voice is ruling in my body? Which voice is taking over? Esther uh, 4.14. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. It is not a mistake that you were here in this day, in this place, at this time. God knew what was going to be happening at this time, and he still put you here, but he gave you the power to walk through it. He gave you the power to be who he's called you to be. And it's not a shock to him at what's going on around us. He may not be happy with it because some of it happens because the church don't rise up and take their place. So if we want to if we want to live in a better life, if we want to live in a better nation, then the church has got to be living in the kingdom of light. We have to be walking in the kingdom of light and not walking in the kingdom of darkness. I mean, I don't know why we're so shocked when we see um, sinners sin. I mean, they're in the kingdom of darkness. Why is it such a big surprise that they do not have God's love inside of them? So don't be shocked and judgmental when you see sinners sinning. Now, if you've got sin in your life, that's different. You need to stop it. Change. Quit. Sin is not a little thing. I'm going let me, I want to look at this so that I quote it right don't want to misquote it and I'm way ahead of myself but um, I actually heard my brother say this the gospel is meaningless if sin is meaningless and that really hit me hard if you think sin is not a big deal then you're saying the gospel what Jesus did for you on the cross was not a big deal 
because he had to go to the cross to pay for our sin. So if sin is not a big deal to you and you have sin in your life and you're not taking care of it, then you're just saying the gospel was not a big deal. What Jesus did was not a big deal. It was a big deal. And this is not trying to condemn anybody. This is, hey, let's get sin out of our lives so we can walk in the kingdom of God. We can walk in the kingdom of light. We can have the power of God flowing through us. We can walk in peace and not fear. We can walk in love and not hate. If you see uh, somebody sin and, and hate begins to, you know, or revenge wants, begins to dwell up inside of you, you're not walking in God's love. You're not walking in the kingdom of light. God didn't call us to judge others. He didn't call us to correct others, correct ourselves, and then love others. Sometimes we need to just go back and read 1 Corinthians 13 for ourselves. That's not just a, um, a commandment for our spouse and for our children. That's a commandment for us to love one another. Take, um, take it and read it in, um, in the Amplified. It'll, um, it'll get your attention. Ezekiel 2, verses 1 through 8. How many of you are doing your, um, your yearly reading, your day-to-day -day reading? You know, you get in that Old Testament and it's like, oh God, how can I get out of this? But, you know, if you stay with it, there's some treasures you'll find. You just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal something to you and, and there's some things in there. Stand up, son of man, said the voice. I was reading this the other day and it just really um, got my attention. I want to speak with you. The Spirit came into me as he spoke and he set me on my feet. I listened carefully to his words. Son of man, he said, I am sending you to the nation of Israel, a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. You think um, the United States, the people in the United States have rebelled against God? We're full of it, right? They and their ancestors have been rebelling against me to this very day. They are a stubborn and hard-hearted people. But I am sending you to say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or refuse to listen, for remember, they are rebels, at least they will know they have had a prophet among them. God didn't tell us what to do with their lives. He told us to go. He told us to preach the gospel, to share the gospel with every man, to spread the gospel. Now, how people respond to it is between them and God, not between you and them. You do your part and let God do his part. Son of man, do not fear them or their words. I don't know about you, but there are times I don't want to spread the gospel to some people because I don't want to have to deal with what they're going to say to me. There might be a little bit of fear there. I mean, let's just be honest. But God says don't fear them. Do not fear what they will say. Do not fear what they will do. Do not be afraid even though there are threats around you like nettles and briars and stinging scorpions. Do not be dismayed by their dark scowls, even though they are rebels. You must give them my messages, whether they listen or not. But they won't listen. And so in other words, if you know somebody that, that they're just going to brush you off and not hear the word, that is not an excuse not to tell them about God. That is not an excuse to not love them the way God's told you to love them. Because he said, do it anyway. Talk to them. Tell them my word. Do it anyway. 
You must give them my messages where they listen or not, but they won't listen for they are completely rebellious. Son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not join them in their rebellion. Open your mouth and eat what I have given you. We cannot allow ourselves to be overtaken by fear, hate, and judgment and forget which kingdom we're in. Matthew 5, starting in verse 13. And some of these you might have heard last Wednesday night, but that's okay. That's what was on my heart too. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. I don't want to be known as worthless to the kingdom of God. Now, you are a child of God. If you're born again, you're a child of God. You're not worthless. But I don't want to be known as being worthless to the kingdom of God by the fact that I'm not spending time at the king's table and receiving and eating from the word of God where I'm not salty, where I'm not making a difference. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. We are the salt of the earth, so we have to stay salty. How do we do that? Well, you know, in John chapter 15, it talks a lot about abiding in the vine, abiding in the word. And when you do that, the word's going to abide in you, and it's going to make a difference in your life. You're going to produce fruit, and it talks about producing fruit. And that's what we want to do. We want to abide in the vine. We want the vine abiding in us. We don't want to be cut off. We want that in us so that we can produce the fruit of the kingdom of God. We are the light of the world, shine bright. In Psalms 119, 130, the teaching of your word gives light. So even the simple can understand. It is not us, people. It's the word in us. It is the word in us. It's the word in us that shines forth. So if you want your light to shine, then start speaking the word. Speak the word. If you don't have the word in you, you're not going to have the word to speak. Speak the word. Abide, feed on the word of God and speak it out. Um, several years ago, I was at a, um, a wedding and it was late in the evening, but it was still light when we first got there and I noticed the lights on um, on the stage but you really couldn't see them but as it began to get dark the lights began to get brighter we're not called just to walk in the light meaning in here among other believers we're called to walk in the darkness that's where our light shines and the darker it got the brighter those lights got you could see them and that's where we're to shine. We are to shine in the darkness. We are to shine in the hatred and the bitterness and the sin of the world. That's where we're shining. No, I'm not talking about just going and um, abiding with sinners and being like them. That's not what I mean. But you are to be Christ. You are to be the expression of God in the world. Two sinners, two people that don't know about God, to people that have hate in their lives. You know, it's not, and I'm going to say it, it's not left or right, black or white. It is light or darkness. That's what we're dealing with. You either have hate or love in your life. 
And that's people that are walking in hate and bitterness. They don't have the love of God dwelling in them. They need the love and the peace of God. And that's what we have. And that's what we're to give out. We're not to give out our opinions. God really don't care about your opinion. He wants your opinion to be his opinion. This word. Don't mean that he don't want you to talk to him. He wants you to talk to him and, and tell him uh, and, and have a relationship with him and tell him how you're feeling. But when you speak to others, your opinion should be the word of God. Keep your personal opinions to yourself. Speak the word of God. Be the light of the world. Have the, um, be salty. We have been called to shine in the darkness. <laughs> Don't be surprised by the darkness. Instead, learn to turn up your light. You know, if we're God's expression in this world and everything's tech, everything's techy, techy, techy. So, in thinking of an emoji, what would best describe you if you were God's expression on this earth? You know, you have one opinion of, of what expression it would be, but what would your spouse or your child or person you work with what emoji would they place on you what expression do they see you putting out every day on a daily daily basis Matthew 5 beginning in verse 10 God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right for the kingdom of heaven is theirs God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Listen to what he says. Be happy about it. Be very glad. You mean I need to be happy when people are making fun of me? If you're doing it for the kingdom of God and you're getting persecuted for the kingdom of God, yes. Yes. That's what he said. Be happy. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. For some crazy reason, we think that people have just gone crazy all of a sudden. Apparently, you've not read the Old Testament. People have been crazy and wild and murderers for years, years, years. All the way back to Adam and Eve. Maybe it's just closer to home now for some of us. But that's even more the reason we need to let our light shine. That's even more the reason that we need to stay salty with the Word of God. Don't expect man's approval for living godly or sharing the truth of God's Word. We have God's approval when we live in the light of God's kingdom. So don't be moved by what others say or do. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. You know, when Esther went to the king, it wasn't her responsibility to convince the king. It was just her responsibility to speak the word that she had in her heart to speak. When you go and speak, share the gospel, it's not your responsibility to save that person. That's not your job. 
Your job is to spread the gospel, to share the gospel, to share the love of God, to share who God is in you, what he's done for you, what he's done for them. It's the Holy Spirit's job to draw them. Now he, can, he will draw them through you, but it's the Holy Spirit's job to draw them to God. And without that, they're not going to be born again anyway. They have to have the drawing of the Holy Spirit to even be born again. So your job is not to convince them or to even save them. That's God's job. Our job is just to spread the word. Our job is just to, to speak the word that we've been called to speak. Romans 5 and verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. A lot of times we want to wait until somebody changes before we love them, before we embrace them, before we accept them. Jesus died for us when we were still sinners. That's the love that he gave. We are to love others while they are sinners. That's how, that's how they see the light. That's how they see that we're different. Because we love them while they're still in the world. We, and, and loving one another. If, if, we have, if one of us has fallen into sin, we don't judge them. We don't condemn them. We love them back to a, a, a relationship with God. Back to the position that they should be with the Father. First Peter in chapter, um, chapter two, first Peter two. But you are not like that, for beginning with verse nine. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priest. I want to stop right there. If you're born again, this verse is talking to you. It is telling you who you are. You are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Some of you need to stop listening to who Satan says you are. The voice that's whispering in your ear about who he says you are. Because God says you're chosen. He says you're a priest, a holy nation, his very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once... You had no identity as a people. Now where you are God's people. Once you received no mercy. Now you have received God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners. Don't get too attached to this world. You are here temporarily. You are here temporarily. And you're on, you've been sent on a mission. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Be who God's called us to be. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And this is a lot of scripture right here I'm going to read. But I don't know. 
really, I just want to encourage you. Step up. Don't be afraid. Stand up. Don't be fearful of what's going on around you. God knows where we are. God knows what's going on. And he's telling you, he's telling me to stand up, to pray for the sick, to love our neighbor, to live holy, to be who, we've called, who we're called to be, to be his expression here in this earth. Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. Let's be the church that he's called us to be. Let's be that holy nation. Let's be that peculiar people. Yes, you're going to be different. You are going to stand out. But then when somebody needs you, a few weeks ago, I, I called somebody, or actually I sent them a text and um, asked them, they had been um, sick. And I uh, texted them to see if they were okay, how they were doing. And immediately they answered, can I call you? And they said the only thing they could think about was, you need to talk to Audrey. You need to talk to Audrey. And just from that, was begin, I was able to begin to share the, the love of God with her and what Jesus has actually done for. And, um, uh, I mean, you know, a lot of people's excuse is hypocrites. Well, that doesn't change the fact that you still have to make a decision, you know. Everybody still has to make a decision. We have to make a decision. Live holy. As a child of God, live holy because other people are watching. Be who we're called to be. Get sent out of your life. And, and I mean, it's not just for somebody else to see, but it's for you. For you to be able to live in the fullness of God. For you to be able to live in what God's called you to live. It's for you to not have fear in your life. So that you can walk in peace on a daily basis. So you can wake up in the middle of the night and there's peace in your heart and not fear. So that you know when, when a payment's coming up that you don't have the money for, that you can trust God and he's going to help you take care of it. God will do that. I'm telling you, God will do that. But you got to speak the word out. Just a few years ago, um, this is maybe just real simple, but it's amazing what God will do if you trust him and if you speak out his word. Um, was going to a conference, and the lady that was supposed to go with me wasn't able to go at the last minute. So then that put more financial burden on me because we were sharing expenses. And five minutes from the hotel, I said, you know what, God? You called me to go here. This wasn't my decision. You asked me to go here. And I believe that you sent me here, so I believe that you're going to take care of this. And before I got to the, I'm talking, I was in within five minutes of the, the of being there, somebody called me and said, hey, um, let me know where you're staying. Somebody wants to take care of your, your room. But now had I not spoke that out and said, God, I trust you, I don't know if I'd have got that call or not. But he's just wanting, he wants to do something for you. He desires to do something for you. He longs to show who he is in this earth. And it will happen as we speak out the word. As we say, God, I trust you with this. I trust you with this. 
I trust you. I know you're going to take care of it. I trust you with it. You're going to take care of it. Amen? So in being the light and being who we are, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. Say, I never give up. All right, you're going to do better than that. I never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. You know, and that was something that I began to share with that person. I said, you know, um, because their response to me about what Jesus had done for them was, well, I mean, I believe that there is a God. And I said, yeah, but the devil believes that there is a God, but he don't believe in God to the point of he has salvation. He doesn't trust in God. You've got to not only believe that there is a God, but you have to believe in him as your salvation. And it was like a light went off. And she goes, wow, never thought of it like that. So there was a mount of light. The word came forth and the light came on. But there is a timing, and the timing for me to, it wasn't the time for me to push this person into salvation. But a little bit of light came on. And then the next time, a little bit more light came on. And that's what I told him. I said, look, you've, you've gotten a certain amount of light, but God's going to, I just pray that God's going to continue to open your eyes, that your eyes will not be blinded to the truth of God and who he is, and that you're going to continue to see the truth of who he really is. And she was good with that. And that's what I'm believing, that, that every day she begins to get more truth of who God is and that her eyes are not blinded because that's what happens. That's why people won't receive God. Well, either one, they just completely turn away from him and don't want anything to do with him, or they're blinded, like this word says, they're blinded by Satan, who is the God of this world. And the more light, the more word that we put forth, the more light is going to be shown. And the more light is going to come um, in their revelation. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let there be light of the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts. Say that. I have this light shining in my heart. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. If you look to yourself to be able to do what God's called you to do, <laughs> you're going to fail. You're going to fall flat on your face. 
But if you look within and you recognize that it is the power of God in me, it's not my strength, it's not my will, it's not my power, it is his power and it is his word that will change people, not me. I'm not the one changing them, it's his word. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. Too many times we read the first part of that verse, but not the end. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. You know, that's just what it comes down to. Am I going to believe in God enough that I'll just speak? That I'll share? We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. And that's what we want. We want God to receive more and more glory. And the more the word is spoken, the more light is going to shine and the more glory God's going to receive. So I lose my place every time. Sorry. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. We cannot keep our focus on the chaos around us. We have to keep our focus and eat from the kingdom's table, from the king's table. We need to be sitting at the table in God's kingdom. Amen? Amen? Say, I'm going to make a difference this week. I have the power of God within me. I have the word of God in me. I have the Holy Spirit living in me. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. He talks to me. He gives me power. He gives me words to speak. I will listen and I will speak. I will not be afraid for I'll be focused on God. And the words that he's speaking to my heart. Amen. Now let's go change the world.
Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.